Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Two Drinks with Ricky. My name is Victor Placido. I am your host for this evening. Uh, I, I, I got a living legend here in front of me. Let me tell you, it's very rare that I get to talk to somebody who's been in the business uh, for so long as this man has. And has I mean, this guy's been to just about, I wouldn't say every piano bar, but he's got a good reputation. He's great. He's an old friend of mine. Drew T. Drew, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, Victor. You say you say that I'm right in front of you, and I'm I'm right in front of you, uh, you know, digitally on a computer screen. And if you had given me more notice, I would have gladly come to Florida this time of year to see you. So, <laughs> but yeah, so right in front of you, it's, it's good to hear your voice. Good to see you. It's been so been so long. So yes. I guess we have a uh, we have some catching up to do, don't we? We sure do, my friend. We sure do. Hey, but before we start catching up, what are, what are we drinking here, Drew? Oh, uh, it is two drinks with Ricky. And I am, uh, well, to celebrate the two drinks, I have a, uh, a double IPA. This is Get the Fresh Flow. This is from Microphone, Microphone Brewing. And it, it's, 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 a really, it's a really nice beer, but I think uh, the, I've really gotten into the craft beer. Uh, yeah, yeah some, people, some people would call me a beer snob, but uh, we... Uh, <laughs> A lot of friends of mine in my circle of friends around here, I think uh-huh. they, they sort of got me into it. And over the last 15 years, or, or we've gotten really uppity with our tastes in beer. But uh, yeah. we find that a lot of the, the best beers are coming from small craft breweries. And if you like IPAs, double IPAs, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I think exploring these little breweries and seeing what's out there. And it, it also, it's, it supports... Uh, some some small businesses too, and that I, I obviously like doing that. No, I agree. So. I actually got there's a brewery two miles down from where we live here. Uh, it's in downtown Winter Garden. It's called Crooked Can Brewery, um, and I got a double IPA too. It's a it's called the McStagger. McStagger. <laughs> McStagger. Yes. <laughs> we'll, so, we'll see if you're McStaggering by the end oh, of the geez, cast they, here. Listen, but if I start stirring, I send you the outline. If I start stirring, I send you the outline. So you just keep going. Okay. <laughs> I'll turn it off whenever I wake up from being passed out. <laughs> cheers. Sounds Let's good. Get started, yeah, cheers. Cheers to you, uh, Victor. Oh, man. I don't, I don't think I'm man enough to drink this beer, Drew. Let me tell you. Ooh, <laughs> is, this, is this your first double IPA? Or? Yeah, I don't, yeah I, I'm a wuss. I tell you, I like, like well, beers. I mean... <laughs> I hope it's a good one. I wish I, you it's know, we good. could, uh, if we do really this good. in person, we could like split, split, split in the glasses and, you know, have like a, a real, a real taste test. But, you know, next um, time, next time you're in Florida, we'll, we'll hit a crooked can. I think you'll love it there. It's beautiful. Yeah. Area. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a small little town. Um, that's been blowing up Winter Garden. You, do you remember Winter Garden, Florida? When you, oh yeah, when you absolutely. Yeah. It's very different now than it was when you were down here. It's got a lot more in um, uh, restaurants, small shops. Uh, it's definitely grown a lot. The real estate has grown a lot too. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a there's a near my hometown. You know, in the Pittsburgh area, there's a lot of areas that are sort of blooming like that. And mm-hmm. and along those lines, these these little eclectic craft beer uh, breweries are they are popping up. And so, it's it's nice to see these small businesses. You know. Yeah. It is it's kind of being, kind of run, rolling the roost in a lot of these places. I like seeing that. Yeah, but especially after being you know closed for almost a full year, some some of them have been closed for you know almost a full year, and you know you experienced that over there as well with some of the you know places you worked at. But I, I mean, I guess uh, let's let's get the ball rolling, Drew. I 
I want to ask you about Bobby McKees. You're you're on there, right? You you go there about twice a month, three times a month, and you're performing. You were performing virtually, right? Yeah. So Bobby McKees is a dueling piano bar in the National Harbor, Maryland. It's in Maryland, right across the river from Alexandria, Virginia. But basically, it's in the it's in the DC area, DC area. and okay. since two thousand since two thousand nine, oh wow, I've been really? playing shows at this club. You know, some so, some years with more regularity than others, but okay. yeah. So it's kind of the it's the entertainment uh, cornerstone of the National Harbor. You know, it's sort of it's sort of the crown jewel of the National Harbor, and it's it's quite a quite a destination. Now, the National Harbor, the, the the true centerpiece of the National Harbor would be the Gaylord Convention Center. You know, there, there's a Gaylord down there in the... Yeah, there is, yeah. The, the yeah. Palms is down there in the Orlando area. Yeah. And, you know, the, these places, they're, they're massive, and they have, like, serious convention traffic. Yeah. And that was a big part of Bobby McKee's ability to be a six-night-a-week club. Wow. I know Jelly Rolls down in Orlando when they're going strong, they're a seven night a week club. Yeah. But other than that, more often than not, you don't see, you see three night a week clubs, four night a week clubs okay. for this type of live entertainment. And a lot of these, the weekday crowds were because of these conventions that would come in to the Gaylord. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, obviously. Bobby McKee's shut down for the pandemic. Right, right. But as we're trying to reopen, it's it's we're doing it very gradually because it, it, that the one thing that hasn't come back is the is the convention, the convention traffic. Right. Yeah. But it's so that's why I guess it's it's open on Fridays and Saturdays, right? Right. Okay. And I guess that's why um, you know if you think about it, same with uh, here at Jelly Rolls, you know, very dependent. You remember the the convention season. You know, when the convention town, it could be a Wednesday night at 10 p.m. It could be completely dead all night long. And then all of a sudden you get that convention crowd that comes in about 100, 200 people. And then you're going strong for three or four hours. And then, you you know, they're, they're gone because they got to wake up the next morning. You know, they're there till, you know, 12, 30, 1 o'clock. And you're wondering, well, what just happened? <laughs> what hit me? Yeah, absolutely. The uh, And that's the same kind of things that Bobby McKee's, the those weekday conventions and it was, you know, a pretty consistent parade of conventions, you know, showing up Sunday through Wednesday to really keep us going strong. And, you know, that, that's a big void in uh, our club's uh, attendance right now yeah, and our ability so to be open more than two nights a week. It just really isn't practical right now for the, for the ownership. No, yeah, that makes sense. So the Friday, Saturday, I think it's more of a local crowd that comes out. Yeah, definitely more locals. Bobby McKee's, it, you know, there's a mix there of locals, mm-hmm. uh, conventioneers, and right. tourists. You know, there's a nice, uh, you know, there's a, tour- a nice tourist element. You know, again, during normal times, there's a nice tourist element in the mm-hmm. D.C. area, and. And it's always I like having the mix of people in any given audience. I think it's yeah. it's nice. It's yeah, the out of towners, the locals, the conventioneers, you know, the first timers, the regulars. Mm-hmm. So I I, lo- I love to have a mix. So that's 
that's what we're shooting for as we as we heal you know well that's what makes a good show isn't it you have people that have been there the their regulars and they know the songs you're, you're singing and then you have the first timers that are just being introduced to Julian Bion Bar trying to figure out oh I know this song I've heard this song before yeah I could sing to this song and it's just like you get all these folks in one room right? and then you have the conventioneers that just come in and want to party for a few hours because they got to go back to, to sleep because they got to wake up the next morning right um, and I always enjoyed that kind of crowd because you, where else can you get a crowd like that where you mix so many people together from different, you know, backgrounds and, you know, or whatnot uh, to sing, you know, that rarely happens, you know, at bars, where, you know, you're playing what kind of music, but at a dueling piano bar, you definitely get those kind of folks. Um, how's your commute? I mean, because you're, you're up in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, it's a serious uh, commute. It's a, you know, we're talking... 270 miles so that's uh it's a solid it's a that's solid it. four hours 270 that's it 270 oh man it sounded like it was more than that i thought it yeah was it's, it's, it's it's <laughs> if there's no traffic from from uh from my house and i'm up north of the city up north right. of pittsburgh but i'm really close to the turnpike i can hop right on the turnpike and if there's uh if there's not traffic and i don't mm -hmm. stop it's about a four-hour drive so you, on the nose. Now, obviously, there is traffic, and I do stop. Yeah, it so, takes a little while to get. Yeah, so, you're not, so but, not, but then I. Yeah, well, I was just gonna say, but I go out there for stints of of days. I, I was gonna say, yeah, you're not driving yeah. there. I do a show and drive right back. Right, <laughs> and they, and there's uh the owner puts us up right there in the in the harbor. Oh really? Yeah, nice. so we have That's a. Cool. A place to stay and a place to chill and that's good that's good yeah Even so now no, nowadays their stints are only two days but right, yeah. during regular times i'm i could be out there for you know four four or five days which is that's a, now now you're getting into that's just a long time being away from home i was gonna and say so that's I mean, not my I, ideal no because you I mean, you get a family you get you know your wife and daughter so you know the I guess it's one thing when you're single and you're like away for a week or two, you hey, no problem, I'm good to go. But when you have your family, it's like, I, you know, I'm missing my wife, missing my kids. I want to go back home. You know, I'm sure two days is pretty cool. But when you're back to the five or six days, it, it might be, you know, some challenging. But I mean, I want to mention your daughter quickly because I mean, you and I were just chatting before the, we came online here. And I mean, you didn't know I had three kids. And I was like, I, for some reason, I thought your daughter was still young, but she was 14 makes me think I'm even older now than it was before. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I thought she was still young, too. <laughs> uh, just, you just, you, a blink of an eye. Yeah, so she's, she's 14. Wow. And her name is Isabel, and she's a, she's a great kid and uh, very, very musical. And that's, you know, I, I never, I didn't push her into, into I was music. Say, is, she, is she into music? Like, oh, that's good. Is she, what does she, does she play or? Yeah, she she's been studying piano since she was six, oh, wow. and I, uh, not with me, you know. I, I'd like to think that I'm a qualified teacher to everybody except for my very own daughter. So we, uh, you know, we send her to uh, a local piano teacher that she's been with since since she was six and does a really. Yeah. A really good job because you know that that parent kid dynamic could be uh you know a little 
you know, cause a little more friction than you want. And you, and you want it, you, you want the kid to enjoy it. Right. Exactly. You know? Even though I, I like, I know I have some things to offer her and I, and I do. In, do you in, play with her? Often? In moderation. Okay. What was that, Victor? Do you play with her often? Yeah, actually, that's she does these um, festival piano competitions, and oh, cool. one of the one of the uh, divisions that she does is called concerto. And traditionally, a concerto, like in an orchestral setting, is a it's an orchestral piece. But then it features the piano. So there's an orchestra part and there's a piano part. So she does these mini, uh, they're called concertinos. And so we get to do basically our own version of dueling pianos. I play the accompanying orchestral part uh-huh. and she plays the main part. And then and then the judges give her a score. So it's, it's a little... A little intimidating for her, but I think you know it's you you, you learn to play under pressure, and that's 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 part of being a performing musician. Well, that, that, I mean that's got to be cool for you as a dad, you know, yeah. opposite of your daughter when she's performing, which even a competition, you're there, you know, to support her and do that. That's actually pretty cool. That that's uh, that's awesome. I got one of my middle daughter. Um, she plays soccer, um, and she believe it or not, she's actually the goalie. Uh, he goes to me, he goes, Daddy, were you ever goalie? He's like, no, I hated being goalie. <laughs> There's nothing to do with being goalie. But <laughs> she enjoys being the goalie. And she's actually, um, she's actually pretty good. Better than, she plays soccer better than I did. When I was, when I was eight years old, I didn't get to <laughs> soccer much. I, I think when I was around 13, 14, I started getting better at soccer. But that's, you know, years ago. Nowadays, kids have more opportunity to learn more things, you know, they They've got the training that they didn't have back when I was there. Um, maybe I'm sure with you as well. You see, your daughter's got um, additional um, opportunities than what you probably had, you know, growing up. And I think you want to, your kids to take advantage of those opportunities as much as possible. That's pretty cool that your uh, your daughter's out there performing. You think she'll uh, she'll end up on the uh, dueling panel stage like her dad? I uh... I don't know if she will, and I don't know if you know. I, one or two? I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'd wish that on anyone. <laughs> uh, not, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful. It, you know, it's the, the Dooley piano. Uh, you know, the career that I've had it has has been wonderful and rewarding, and so you many of the most great. important people in my life I've met. I've I've met because of it, but uh, yeah. So it's it, but it's it's you know it's it's a grind. It's yeah. a grind to keep to keep finding work and it's a grind to, you know, keep stay, keeping your show fresh and keep it on top of it. Now, as far as my daughter, she actually got accepted into a local performing arts charter school, oh, which cool. was by audition. And she started out as a piano major mm-hmm. and she has since switched to musical theater. So she has a lot of love for musical theater and, um, she That's just, awesome. yeah, she's, yeah, she's, she's, She's a great kid, very musical, and I think, I think that if she if she stays the course, she'll find a path uh, in the world of music if that's what she chooses to do. Again, she's fourteen, you know, lots of, <laughs> still lots of time to change her mind when you're fourteen. So I, I changed my mind when I was in my twenties and thirties. So right. much. <laughs> <laughs> we might change our minds today about something. You, I don't know. You never know exactly. You know, I'm changing my mind about this beard. Actually, the more I drink it, the better it is. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're gonna be a you're gonna be a beer snob by the end of the hour here. 
I, I rather consider it as a, a beer connoisseur. Uh, yeah, you know, a little more, uh, a little more bougie, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I, I listened to to your other episodes. I've been a I've been a faithful follower follower oh, yeah. of two drinks with Ricky. I appreciate that. And so you, you is this your first beer that you've had? It is. It is the first. beer. This is the first beer. I I this be, beer pressure. That's what this is, right? <laughs> I guess so. You know, I mean, I've I've had you know a couple of vodka drinks. Um, I've had, uh, you know, well, you know, you know, Scotty, Scotty had the little Scotty, the Scotty Temple. I heard the Scotty Temple. Yeah, remember the Scotty? Did you ever have, you ever have a Scotty Temple before? I, I don't know, but I remember. Uh, I, I remember when I first met Scotty at some point. And I, I don't know. I hope hope this isn't slanderous, but like we both ended up late night at Jelly Rolls, like doing like shots of tequila. <laughs> that's that's, yeah, that's, that's not that's not what I think about when I think about Scotty, and right, I mean right. I, 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 that's not what I think about when I think about me either. <laughs> but I remember I, I was a little more youthful, and I was thinking, oh, like old man Drew's gonna drink you under the table. Oh, and I think geez. I, I think Scotty was fine, and I was in the bathroom. Let's just <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> there's there there's a lot of late night general drinking stories out there that we kind of want to skip over sometimes okay yeah that was that, that's as far as we'll go <laughs> yeah at least for my sake stories. yeah my wife is right next to me over here so i want to i want to be able to sleep on the bed and have a couch tonight right <laughs> <laughs> oh good times uh, though yeah oh, there, was, there were great times great times and we were we were young enough to handle them yeah uh, I, I don't know i i was i was, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, man, all those brain cells I could be using right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to I want to talk about, you know, obviously, you know, talk about the pandemic would happen. Um, tell me about when you heard, because, you know, about Mickey's, when did you hear that we're closing? Like, where were we at? Were you there when they were getting ready to close out? I remember about that. Yeah, I was, I was actually at the, uh, the, the piano player's uh, condo. Okay. And, you know, obviously, you know, COVID had been, you know, had been on the news. Yeah. And I don't think anybody was quite sure where it was going, but I was, I did, this is, I don't, might've been a Saturday afternoon, but the, the CPAC, uh, which is a political action conference. Mm-hmm was being held at the National Harbor at the Gaylords. Oh wow. That, okay. that that very week. Oh wow. And I turn on the television and it's national news. It said somebody at the at the at the CPAC conference has been tested COVID positive. Oh wow. Okay. Huh. And this is this is a big this was a big deal nationally and our club is literally, you know, 150 yards from where this conference is going. And I'm like, okay, this, and I was, th- I was thinking, I was thinking short term. I wasn't, th- I wasn't even thinking big picture. I was like, oh, great. This news story's out and this is going to kill our crowds for the week. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> and it was, you know, it ended up being the opposite. It was actually, the crowds were fine that week. 
and then it was the, the following week is when we when we closed because we did do the show that that Saturday night. Okay. You know, and and when they said there uh, one person tested positive, you know, the whole gravity of this of this pandemic just I hadn't hit home. I mean, it certainly hadn't hit home with me yet of of the of you know how big of a deal it was. And right. I think it hadn't hit home yet with a lot of people. Um, so it was a couple days later, probably the following Tuesday, I got the word that, that we're not going back. Oh, wow. So to the 17th, 16th, 17th, around that. So you finished up the weekend. In that neighborhood, March. Yeah. March, sorry, yeah, March. So that, you finished, you finished up the weekend that you were there. And then the Tuesdays when you got the call said there, Therapy yeah. Done. What, what was the, one of, I guess what was a, one of the first things you did when you you know you heard they were going to reopen? Being we you know, obviously you were home. Yeah. Well. Do you remember your first I, reactions? I, yeah, I. I knew that you know I knew that we were going to be closed mm-hmm. for a while. Did you know this, and I think I. I talked to my my fellow musicians there, and I think we sort of listened to each other and kind of, you know, despite our lack of expertise, you know, sort of said, uh, I think, you know, I think we'll be open by June or July. I think right. I think a lot of people sort of had their yeah, their their amateur amateur theories yeah. about what was going on. Well, I think it was more of a, you know, wishful hoping, you know, yeah, well, we'll be mm-hmm. back to normal July and then July can yeah. run out. Oh, just give a couple more months. It'll be October, November. And, right. You know. Well, actually, um, Bob McKee's, you know, you know, I know every, every state, you know, is different and, you right. know, there's different ways, different states handled it and handled restrictions, but... Where I worked in Maryland, it were they were maybe a little more lenient with their restrictions than where I live in Pennsylvania. Um, and so in mid-July, mm-hmm. Bob McKee's did start opening on weekends to oh, for really? live shows in limited in capacity. Wow. Yeah, so I did I did chunks of. Weekend. That this is twenty five percent capacity. I mean, it was. It felt nothing like a real show. It was right. Yeah. But it was, you know, a little bit of money in the pocketbook and a little, and just a just a shred of normalcy, and that went up until December. Oh, okay. Uh, beginning of December, and at which point we shut down completely. Again. Again. Mm-hmm. Again. Which uh, that. You know, I was grateful to have those weekends, but just, right, of course. When it, you, you and you have your ups and downs, and you're open, and you're like, oh, I just it's kind of you know that here we go again, and now what? And it's uh, yeah, it was tough. And they they shut down December, and when did they reopen? Around uh, mid February, we were able to do uh, start doing weekends again. Okay. And, and, and it's been a weekend since, right? Yeah. And it's, you know, the, the, the weekends, this is not mandated by the state or anything like that. Mm-hmm. This is, this is a business, a business decision that's, you know, there's a, not, we're not going to get the numbers of people 
Right. You know, without the without these conventions at the Gaylord, we're not going to get the numbers of people yes. to to make it practical or profitable to be open on weekdays. You know, you know the, the weekend yeah. days are challenged right. as is. Right. It, it makes sense, especially if if you don't have a big. I'm sure you hit during the summertime, maybe a decent tourist um, location there. People come out and visit DC, but even now, you know, I'm I'm hoping this summer will be somewhat of enormity as what we had before in prior years um, when it comes to people going out, vacationing, you know, visiting places they used to visit frequently. Um, so I'm hoping, you know, people get their you know, shots and all that. You get, you get the shot yet? I am out? one shot in. I uh, get shot number two on Thursday. I do, we get, so I get shot number two on Saturday. How'd you do the okay. first shot run? Yeah, so the first shot, I was, you know, had little, you know, little little soreness yeah. in the yeah. arm, and absolutely no other, no other symptoms, and that's good. You know, I'm, I'm hoping the same thing happens on Thursday because I'm scheduled to be on stage at Bob McKee's on Friday. So, oh wow, <laughs> All right. well, good luck to you. <laughs> let's hope it goes well. I hope it does go well. Uh, how was how was quarantining uh, in Pittsburgh? How was uh how was that with uh being with the family more twenty four seven? Yeah, well, it was. I mean, for me, it was. Yeah, I I, th I think for, you know, even some of my people in my circle, it's, mm -hmm. you know, there, there's a there's a big spectrum of how stressful or non stressful it has been. You know, right. for me, it was just. I mean, that part of it was a blessing. You know, my my wife. Uh, mm -hmm had to work from home and okay. I was home a lot, but you know, that's, you know, that's versus my normal life where I'm away for four days or five days. Like, so I, I was really, it was, it was from that point, it was, it was good. It wasn't one of these, Oh, no, we can't get away from each other. So it wasn't, wasn't anything like that. That's good. That's good. It, it it took my wife a little bit to get used to me being home twenty four seven. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure it would. It's a it's a different. It's very different but, environment. Yeah. yeah, but if you know being out of town as much as I am. Right. <clears throat> so. What's and good? I think that, you know, the, the beginning, like I was, I was like, serious quarantine shopper i was going out buying six hundred dollars worth of groceries and things i could freeze <laughs> and i felt like my my fears weren't you know based on the statistics that i heard yeah my fears of like my health risk to the virus they weren't at the forefront of my fears right. but the the potential economic ramifications of something like this that was like the big red flag for me. So I'm like, if something crazy happens, I want like, I want to be able to eat for two months. Right. That's all I, that's all I was thinking. Did you get enough toilet paper? That was a that was a challenge. Isn't that uh, crazy? At some point though, <laughs> at some point, my wife Sarah went shopped somewhere and ended up. I don't know if it was with the help of her dad out who lives. You know, in a smaller, a smaller city, a bit uh -huh. uh, east of us. Yeah. But I, rem I remember her coming home with a with a bunch. She did a she did a good job <laughs> of of finding that. 
Isn't that and crazy? I, I, and in the beginning, I, I shopped in more, you know, remote locations. And where oh, I live, where I live in Cranberry Township, mm-hmm. this is one of the more bustling suburbs of Pittsburgh. Okay. It's a pretty, pretty busy area. It's even though we're about you know eighteen twenty miles from the city. Okay. So I would drive like another thirty miles north up to Grove oh, City wow. and, really? and try to. I was trying to find places that weren't picked over as much. Right. So toilet paper and chicken, you know? No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, in reality, what's all you, that's all you need is toilet paper and chicken. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> toilet paper and, and, and chicken. And two, and two drinks. And two drinks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, did you, being home, did you have any projects you worked on music-wise? Is there anything you were working on? Yeah, I, I, a, a few a few things um, came you up. You did a couple of live shows. I remember you, be, you did a couple of live shows online. I remember catching yeah. you a couple of times early on. Yeah. So my my projects during quarantine, I I did some some live shows from here at the, from right here where I'm sitting now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, I I remember thinking that when when I first heard people talk about live shows, uh-huh. I just I did, could not imagine the demand and the and the participation in these virtual shows. I I didn't until I until I did my first one, you know, and <laughs> I had I had like a hundred and ten viewers for the entire thing, and 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 that was like, what what were you expecting, like ten, fifteen? Yeah. Yes, that's what I was expecting. <laughs> that, that's what I was expecting, and you know, lots of viewership and positive comments, and so you know that 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 encouraged me to keep doing it. And then I did, I did some specialty shows. What I call, I, I did a all Billy Joel by request show. I did all oh, cool. Elton John by request show. I did, uh, you know, at the request of my dad, who had since passed. Yeah. Um. I did a crooner, like all Sinatra, Nat King Cole type show. So, and then that evolved into Bobby McKees started giving us, basically they would give us administrator privileges to their Mm -hmm. Facebook page. So we had a rotating, the play a few of the players from Bob McKee's were rotating through uh, playing live streams through the Bob and McKee's mm-hmm. Facebook page, from, but still from our, our, our own homes. Right. Yeah. And that really helped with, with the, their Facebook following, which That's is awesome. like over 10,000. So that really helped us get viewers through our shows. So I think, and it kept Bobby McKee's, Sort keeps of in them, the spotlight a little yeah, bit. Yeah, keeps them relevant. Yeah, keep make people think about it. Yeah. So then that That's evolved smart. into we did some of these shows as a dueling show. Ronnie Smith and I did these at the club. Mm-hmm. So we did a streaming show there, and and they started getting more viewers. And then we ended up getting bringing a, a camera crew on to make the to to make it more of a you know a more of a true 
full audio visual experience. That's actually then, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I booked a few corporate virtual shows as well that we did sort of full, you know, full on camera crew. What's that? Cor- is it, you say corporate virtual shows, virtual shows? Yep. Or, yep. Oh, wow. Okay. How was yep. that? How was that? Cause I know, I think, I've never talked to anybody just yet about a corporate virtual show. How does that come Yeah, out? They, they, that they all received very well. We did some through Bobby McKee's, Bob McKee's book. Mm-hmm. We did some that I booked personally uh, through through my website, and mm-hmm. uh, they they went well. And our camera crew, we did some through Facebook, and we did some through uh, YouTube as well. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah, and, and so that was, you know, that – that helped uh, fill the void a little bit. That's cool. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, mentioned, you mentioned your dad, you know, he, he passed away. And again, you know, my, um, my condolences for your dad's passing, but Thank your you. dad had a huge musical, musical influence on you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. My dad passed uh, this past year, just right after Thanksgiving. Yeah. And it he wasn't passed COVID away. COVID. It wasn't COVID. No, right? no, not, not from COVID. He had been dealing with some health stuff. Right. Yeah. And, but yeah, so my dad was, uh, you know, he studied guitar uh, under Joe Negri, who was of fame oh, really? of uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, I heard. Yeah. Show. You know, my dad was very involved in uh, barbershop singing, like as a as a composer, an arranger, a uh, and a and a singer and a director, and. Uh, wow. So I, I I sang in a I sang in barbershop my first barbershop quartet with my with my dad and I I really really got hooked on it. That. Some of my best friends right now in the area are guys that I have sung like barbershop harmony with. That's so, that's I mean I remember you you would sing barbershop quartet with some some of your friends would come to Jelly Rolls and afterwards you know you would do a couple of songs with them that actually was pretty cool. Um, afterwards, right? I, I thought that was actually what. And I remember uh, Richie B. Um, yes. Brett Brett Bresnan, right? Brett, I can't remember his Rich Bresnahan, yep. <laughs> yep, yep. I remember him. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, and I still, you know, Rich actually still resides in Florida, and he uh, he's on the music team at the University University of Carolyn uh, Church up near UCF. Oh no way! I didn't know that. And we. We have done, my friends and I and, mm-hmm. and people from his church have done these virtual acapella pro- projects for his church. We did one for Christmas oh, and, nice. one for, and one for Palm Sunday. And that, so that's another thing. We did. They're, they're pretty neat. We did like, you know, 10, 10, 11 person acapella projects where we all record at our house, uh-huh. you know, to a uh, quick track. So we're all... Recording at the same tempo, and then, and then, and then the music team gets them and puts it together, and then they would broadcast it live at Rich's church service. That's awesome! I didn't know. That's yeah, pretty it's pretty cool. neat stuff. <laughs> that's, a, that's awesome! I didn't know that at all. And so, you, I mean, is it, is it fair to say your dad was the one that got you into music and to playing piano and to singing? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I I happen to be actually a friend, a good friend of my dad's. Mm-hmm gave uh when i was three years old gave this old you know broken down player piano to us to our family and it was suddenly there was a piano in our house when i was three 
So oh, when you were three, wow. Oh yeah, that's why I started playing because there was a there was a piano to play. <laughs> and I remember I was the I was the youngest of five. Oh wow. Still still am, but <laughs> yeah, youngest, not young, but youngest. <laughs> and so we there's a family of us seven living in there, and this you know this this is back in the you know late seventies, early eighties, mid eighties, and you know not there's not a television, there's not a flat screen television in every room. No, there's one television in the house, and it's yep. about about fifteen feet away from the piano, and so I I just. I had to deal with brothers and a sister screaming at me to, to <laughs> stop because I wouldn't stop because they wanted to hear the piano or they, they, they wanted to hear the television. They didn't want to hear me playing piano, but I, I sort of kept, uh, I kept trucking through. So as I, as I, uh, as I learned to play songs, I like, I got into you know, playing Beatles songs by ear at a young age. Oh, and I remember really? I would, uh, I would play Octopus's Garden by the, Beatles okay. and I would just I would sort of play it on the piano and then my dad would do the like the the chords so I that's my my first musical memory of like actually connecting with how my dad was such a big influence was, oh, was wow. that and that was that was at a very at a very young age mm -hmm. but after that it took me a while my dad was really involved with the barbershop music Mm -hmm. And it took me a while, like until I was 18, I wasn't really, I wasn't really interested. And then he, my dad sort of convinced me to try to sing in a quartet and I did it. And I was like, this is, this is, this is a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. And I, cause I enjoy, I enjoy playing piano. That's my, will always be my first musical right. love, but you know, singing, singing acapella, it would be a close, uh, would be a close second. Definitely. That's cool. Do you play any other instruments? I really, uh, I, I, you know what? I play a good bit of drums. I'm not enough to, I'm not a, I'm not a drummer, Just but I can get by pretty well <laughs> on a, on a drum kit. And that is a, that's a circumstance of playing at some of these, uh, doing piano bars that right. where there's a drum kit sitting at center stage and, and I'm expected to, I'm expected to play drums and that, that included Sing Sing in Pittsburgh mm -hmm. and Crocodile Rocks in Myrtle Beach and, yeah. and at Bobby McKee's like that's, that's part of the, there, right? part of the job stuff. description, but I, I do enjoy it. Other than that, I don't play anything else. Like almost every other musician <laughs> I know can get by on a guitar playing a yeah. few chords. Not me. No, no, you... I'm like, I'm, and I, and I, and I have no interest. It's, it's weird. I, 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 I don't even. I just. I'll. I'll just go back to the piano. Every 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 evening after Sarah goes to bed, I'll I'll put the headphones on. Yeah. And uh, just rock away from. And a just bit. Well, yeah, or rock or classical or you know or or jazz, and I'm always trying to trying to broaden my horizons musically. That's good. That's but cool. I never never get tired of piano. That's good. That's always good. You uh, you mentioned Sing Sing um, up in in Pittsburgh, and you were there for a while too, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I from about uh, like two thousand, like six to two thousand eight, and then I had another stint there from like two thousand 
13 to 17. So at sometimes there, I was full time at some point, and I was part time right. at some point. I, re- I have a memory of um, our, our friend uh, Richard Straw and his his wife Jenny. Yeah, were up in Pittsburgh, and they they saw you, and then they requested one of my my favorite songs, which is that you sing. Um, it's um, from a Dave Matthews Band, Ants Marching. Yeah, Ants Marching. Yep. And uh, they they requested it, and they had it on video, and they were like recorded it, and they said, "Here you go, this is for you, Victor." <laughs> kind of cool thing like that. And this was years ago. Um, I enjoyed that that bit of it. But you, you know, I mean, you've been in Sing Sing for a while, and then from Sing Sing, it went into uh, it was known as the the Big Bang, right? Yeah, that just like I said, that just happened at the or late late 2019, early 2020. Uh, that was that transition was made, and they were rebranding and re- redid some things and were making mm-hmm. some changes. But um, the pandemic hit in March, and whatever they were planning got got the kibosh. Well, well and the unfortunate thing that's that happened to a lot of businesses, right? Oh, it, re- oh, it really of, did. It's, a lot of small it's so hard to see. There's so many businesses that don't have that type of cushion right. to, uh, you know, and, and those are the businesses that, you know, that you love, you know? Yeah. The, the, you ones, know? You, the ones you support, right? The ones you're always right. going to go see. Yeah. Know, um, yeah. The, the small businesses, those are the ones that, exactly. that, that, uh, that suffer from this. So uh, we're, we're backtracking your career here. So That's fine. My time with you, where I remember, is Jelly Rolls. I mean, that's where we've known each other for a long time, the Jelly Rolls. I, I want you to put your memory head on, all right? And, it, and if it takes a while for you to think of the answer, it's okay, I'll edit it out. <laughs> Wait. That's fine. <laughs> but do you remember your first memories of Jelly Rolls? Do you remember your audition of Jelly Rolls? I do remember my audition of Jelly oh, Rolls. Really? Because, okay. oh, yeah. All right. Now remember, my I started at Jelly Rolls in 1997, but that was not Disney. That was Pittsburgh Jelly Rolls. That yeah, Tell yeah. So right. yep. that was actually the first the first Jelly Rolls was in Station Square in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, yep. You know that that at that point there was there were clubs in Atlanta and Tampa as well. Was there one? Was there, there, was there one in Austin, Texas? Too? There was in Austin, Austin briefly as well. Yeah. Yeah, and then did the one at Disney. Right. So, the when I auditioned, the the Disney Jelly Rolls on the boardwalk was sort of the the cornerstone, you know, the centerpiece of the company. Right. You know, it was, you know. Had a great start and was going strong. Had probably been open a little over a year when I uh, when I auditioned for the Pittsburgh Club. I mean, I auditioned for the Pittsburgh Club because I was like, well, I figure I live in Pittsburgh. I'll audition for <laughs> a job in Pittsburgh. You know, my my degree was in music ed, but I I never really I was going to teach if I couldn't get a job performing. Right. So I, I sent audition tapes to 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 How at the Moon in Columbus and okay. and to Jelly Rolls in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh and I got calls from both of them. Okay, cool. And so I had an audition at 
the Station Square Pittsburgh jelly rolls. Mm-hmm. I was living up in Erie at the time, so I drove down for that. I, I got giant. I got dressed up, <laughs> and the uh, the owner, the owner Michael, uh-huh. who I had only spoken to on the phone at the time, comes strolling in. You know, like, and let's just say very casual attire. You know, I I felt overdressed immediately. But you know, you got you got to err on the side of of course. You know. <laughs> I mean, then ninety-seven. You're in your your twenties, right? Like mid. To oh yeah, I had just I had just graduated from uh, college in ninety-six. Yeah. Yeah. So I was still a young, you know, young pup <laughs> trying to trying to make good impressions. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I can tell you everything that happened at this audition. Wow, I really? I sat down at the at the piano and mm-hmm. and Michael asked me to play certain things. I think I right. I played uh, Runaway by Del Shannon, okay. uh, which was, when I started, that was, <laughs> you know, 24 years ago. That was kind of like a song you would hear pretty often. Right. But that song's a lot older now, and you don't, you know, it doesn't get requested <laughs> doesn't as get requested often. often. <laughs> and, and if you play it, the people don't sing along with it as often. But I played that, <laughs> and I remember Michael was, uh, you know, he he said he said good job and uh-huh. you know I think he had something to you know something to add to how I played the solo. Then he uh, he told me to play. He said play a Billy Joel song, and he said not Piano Man, not only the Good Die Young because he he's heard a million piano players I'm play sure. those songs yeah. a million times. Want to know if I just and I I think I played uh, I think I played still rock and roll to me or something okay. something that was still pretty much mainstream right yeah and then he said play an Elton John song and he's like not your song and not Crocodile Rock <laughs> okay so I played Candle in, Candle in the Wind oh nice and then <laughs> and then he. He asked me to play something new, uh-huh. and I played "Roll to Me" by Delamitri, which was new at the time. Then he asked me to play <laughs> some. This is where this is where I kind of got my my young boldness uh, out out in the open. All right. He he asked me to play uh, an obscure Billy Joel song, like. like- and I, I don't even know if I said in my at any point that I'm like I really know deep cuts of Billy Joel, but I I did. Okay. And so I started to play, I think a song called Stiletto. Like it's what wasn't something you'd hear on the radio. Something more of a album cut. Like a B side, kind of. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And then he told me to go and play, and I so I played that. And then. So that my my bold move was when he said play an obscure Elton John song, uh-huh. and instead of just playing one, I I told him I I I threw it back in and I said pick one, <laughs> <laughs> and he said Sweet Painted Lady, which is an obscure song off the Goodbye Yellow Brick Road album, but uh-huh. but I knew it, uh, so really? I kind I kind of rolled the dice if if he had if I had said that and then he had picked something. That I didn't know, <laughs> I had to just look like a like a cocky punk. 
you, well, you and I, I don't know you, that one. You and I wouldn't probably be talking right now if you didn't know it. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be having two drinks alone. <laughs> uh, was it so? It was just you and Michael only there? That was it. That was it. That huh? was it. So obviously yep. it went great or it went good. Yeah, That's yeah. Good. I got I got the uh, job. I played at that at the uh, Pittsburgh club for a couple of years, um, made, uh, you know, made some friends there that I, uh, musician friends that are still great friends today. Cool. Good. Um, and then, did, uh, yeah. So when did you move down to tour? Yeah, to, uh, it was uh, about six months after actually I left Pittsburgh jelly rolls and I was kind of, I was a little bit burned out on the doing piano thing. And I think, you? you know, okay. if, lo- looking back, it's, getting burned out on the dueling piano thing was because I hadn't found my own, the way that I need to do the show. You oh, know, really? okay. I hadn't figured, I hadn't figured out how to, how to keep the show fresh, you know, and I, I had heard, you know, I've heard lots of great advice from tons of people. Um, you know, Ray McGee and Pete Moran were my, yeah. uh, you know, my mentors uh, when I trained down there. But at the end of the day, you know, I had to find out my way of doing the show. Mm-hmm. And I think when I left Pittsburgh, I hadn't found my way of doing the show. And okay. it, it, it became tiresome. But then after I left there, I, I realized after about six months, I realized that I'm not qualified to do anything else <laughs> in this world. So, so I called Michael back and we made it. Uh, or yes, yeah, something. Yeah, he. There, there was an opening at the uh, at the Orlando Club, and uh-huh. I, I, I forget I forget how that that came about. Yeah. But. Yeah, and I, uh, I I jumped on it, and it was a big deal for me moving moving my whole life. Well, not that I, I mean I didn't have a life, but. It's just you, right? <laughs> whatever it was, I moved it to Florida. And yeah, so then I uh, ended up on the jelly rolls rotation but i met i met those guys before i even started at pittsburgh i i trained at the orlando club for about seven weeks i was living in a motel i was in the club taking notes for like really five weeks before they even would let me near the stage wow. yeah they, they, and, and they wanted me to you know that i think they were very happy with what was going on at the Orlando club and they wanted me to bring a taste of that to the Pittsburgh club. Okay. And so I, I, you know, I picked the brains of Ray McGee and Pete Moran yeah. who were the, you know, the entertainment directors of the club. And, uh, you know, I learned, you know, I learned a ton, you know, uh, not just about music, but about, uh, you know, comic, comic delivery. And it's really some invaluable things you know, and I think, you know, once, once you learn some things for some people, then it, it helps you find your own, your own musical voice and your own comic voice. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's great um, that you mentioned that because it's not just playing the piano, right? It's, it's the interaction you have with the, the guests. It's the interaction you have within each other too, you know, it's comical. You know, you have to stop singing some songs sometimes and have that comical reaction, interaction between you and the other piano player or you and the guest, even like a small like uh, facial expression or a couple quick words, it just interrupts the show slightly to get a good laugh, and then you're back at it again singing, you know, under the song. 
uh, which I always found entertaining. I always found, I, I enjoyed listening to the music, but I always enjoyed the banter for some reason. I actually enjoyed that more than I did the actual singing sometimes. Absolutely. And I, I, I can't agree with you more. I, I learned a lot of, uh, from Ray McGee about the, you know, the, how much, uh, how much weight a facial expression yes. can, can, <laughs> you know, just a weird, and it could be, it could be making a, a face, you know, Ray would make faces to me. I would make faces and I, and I, I've taken, I, I can make them, I can make faces to uh, someone in the crowd, you know, yep. if, you know, if, if, the, if, if my piano partner says a joke that bombs, I can, I can, I can look at, <laughs> look at someone in the crowd, shrug my shoulders like that. Yeah, so constantly looking for that chemistry and interaction with your, the guy that you're on stage with mm-hmm. and and with people in the crowd, you know, I try to, if, if it's, if it's feasible, if, if they seem like they're get someone in the crowd seems like they're going to be a character, you know, like then I want to, I want to know their name and I want to, I want to be able to really create, you know, a connection with them. And I think that's as audience remembered, they, they, the audience members remember that, Yeah. you know, more than maybe they remember, Hey man, Drew sang Brown Eye Girl. Oh, it was great. Uh, that's you know that's the foundation, but I th- I'm not sure that's the going to create the deep memory. And it's uh, those little comic comic moments and special moments that make the make our gig special. The doing pianos. And I think it's a good thing about doing pianos. It's just it's never the same show twice, right? It's always a different show every single night. It could be the same songs, but it's a different show. A di- different it might be different atmosphere that one person that you could see is getting really into it and you want to, you know, not call them out, but, you know, invite them to enjoy the show more often, be part of the show kind of, kind of things. So that's why I always enjoy going to, you know, Jelly Rolls because it's always, it's a different show, you know, different atmosphere. And, and speaking of atmosphere, do you remember your first, I guess back then it was Tuesday night, your first casting night? I, I'm not sure if I remember the first Tuesday night. Uh-huh. I think when, when I first moved down there, and suddenly I'm part of the full time staff, and yeah. I was I was so overwhelmed <laughs> with, you know, just that that whole you know walking. We used to park at the, you know, this is before nine eleven, so the uh, you know there wasn't there wasn't as much security at the hotels. We would mm-hmm. park we would park at the Swan Hotel yep. and. It was a closer stroll, walk. Stroll through the hotel, walk across that bridge, the back way yeah. to the boardwalk. But it was always so, it was so surreal and overwhelming. I, I think mm-hmm. just the fact that like I'm here at this Disney, Disney yeah. every night playing, I think that was, now just in general, I can remember, you know, cast members and people that I've met and the people from the you know, the safari at the animal kingdom, always requesting Africa yeah. and things like that. And they had spe- special, <laughs> special songs that, that they would go to. Mm-hmm. And, and then I think I remember you mentioning the Ron John bowling team. Yes. In, uh, in one of the other podcasts. And yeah. uh, Scotty's brother. Yeah. Who, who coined the, who coined the phrase? It was Tommy Bell. 
Was it Tommy Bell? Yep, Tommy Bell Tommy, coined the phrase. <laughs> Tommy Bell coined them. Yeah, but uh, th- those guys. I ended up being on the the softball team with did some you, of those guys. Oh yeah, I, I, the Disney <laughs> intramural softball or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I remember making friends, and I mean, it was. Uh, and I, it was also cool to be. I was. Uh, you know, I was younger at the time, so I right. was sort of. You know, I wasn't. You know. I would still enjoy playing that now, but I'm, I would feel more like an uncle, you know, than than a, than a peer. Um, so, I mean, it yeah, was, but it was I, rem- I remember the craziness. I remember the the the, the crowds and the and the drink specials, and yeah. I know that the the cast member night has since changed to Sunday night. It's Sunday night, yeah. But yes, it was definitely it was definitely Tuesdays, and yeah, Isn't it was it was. Uh, it was uh, it was it was go 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 go. I think what got me the most, yeah, the, the the one that got me the most is, is it was on a Tuesday night of all nights. It's on a Tuesday night. It just some random smack middle of the week. You know, you're like, hey, what am I doing on a Tuesday night? I'm going to Jelly Rolls. And little did you know, you'll be up till three, four in the morning on a Tuesday night at Jelly Rolls. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, that was uh, those were those were crazy times. <laughs> crazy crazy time. We were we were we were. Uh, we had a lot of youth back then, Victor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I said earlier. I, I wish I would have saved some of those brain cells that I lost back when I was in my they 20s. They say youth is, youth is wasted on the young, right? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, uh, do you have any uh, holiday memories of Jelly Rolls, like New Year's? I mean, I've talked about this before. My first New Year's working at Jelly Rolls, I just remember opening up all the blinds and looking at the fireworks from the bar itself on New Year's Eve, which kind of was mesmerizing for me. But do you remember any, do you remember your first New Year's at Jelly Rolls? I don't know if I remember my first one. I, I was there, I was at the club for, for five years mm-hmm. and I don't know if I, I can always remember the, uh, the, the, the special uh, intensity to it. But there was also, you know, I, I remember, and with, with those fireworks out our window, that brought a unique, it did. a it unique element cool. to it. I, you know, I, I, I'm a, I could go either way on, on New Year's because there's also like, for me, there's like, and th- this is not, this is not a jelly rolls thing. This is a New Year's thing. Just that mm-hmm. tension building up to midnight <laughs> is like. It's it's, it's kind of like it kind of it, it's always kind of like freak me out. I'm like, oh, really? it's like it's like a it's like a nervousness <laughs> leading up to that. And now you add the pressure of having to make like you have to make everything perfect at exactly midnight. <laughs> so don't pl- don't play the wrong song. Play the play the play the right song. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah. play the wrong song. Uh, Stop it early and switch to the right song. And so I, 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 I remember it as a as a uh, pressure situation. But in general, really, you know, New Year's has always been a, it's a weird, it's that's a weird holiday for me. I, I didn't, I didn't, I, I never thought about it that way because you're you're right. As a performer, it's midnight and you have to make sure you get the right song in at the right time. Make sure you count down everything. Cr- because I remember Tommy Bell always counting down correctly because he, he's, and this is always the thing, he synchronized his watch to the uh, atomic time clock somewhere in Nevada. <laughs> that's, that's, that's our Tommy. 
That's right. So he knew exactly. He, he synced it down to the exact second. So he knew when it was going to be midnight on the dot. Um, and but I never thought about the the, the pressure. I guess you guys, you know, hey, we're it, you know we got five minutes. Get ready. Let, let, this one do this song. This song. This song. And make sure the champagne. Everybody's got the champagne now, ready to go. The party favors, everything to go. I never thought about that part. To be honest with you. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's that's the way I. I I used to think that way about Halloween too, because well, we because we would dress up for Halloween. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, we're all dressed up, but these people expecting us to do something because we're 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 all dressed up and we're gonna play the same requests <laughs> as we did last night. <laughs> so yeah, like I, I guess I'm I'm more of a I'm more of a homebody for. When it when it comes to when it comes to the holidays, um, and I remember obviously you know Thanksgivings and Christ, yeah jelly rolls being a three three hundred sixty five day a year yeah operation you know every day of the year I re, I remember you know I working Christmas one year working Christmas yep. Eve one year working both one year mm-hmm. um, and. You know, I I remember being sort of I was you know kind of like a little bit bummed out, but then once I get up on stage and those entertainment juices start flowing, and there's people there that you're making now yeah you're making their holiday great right they, they chose to spend their holiday in Disney, and that makes it rewarding. I remember the Thanksgivings uh, where we all would bring in some food, That's and we'd have that movie. crazy yeah. you know we're up. I'm on stage and then I'm on break and just chowing on turkey and stuffing. It yeah. like looked like this incredible family spread. So that was those, one. Those that were was actually, those, yeah, those were those were enjoyable, enjoyable times. Those are one of my fond memories of Jelly Rolls is Thanksgiving. You know, because obviously Thanksgiving is a good time to be a family, but you have your Jelly Rolls family, you have your work family, right? Absolutely. And somebody, somebody brings something, and I remember one year. We deep fried the turkey in the back. <laughs> oh, you did? <laughs> yes. Like outside or? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, outside. Yeah, it was outside. Okay, that's probably yeah. good. Yeah, it was outside. And I'm just deep frying turkey. And I'm, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, this is not going to go right. This is not going to go right. Something's going to go wrong. Something's going to go wrong. Um, but no, sure enough, they, uh, Chuck, Big Chuck, uh, Riley. Yeah, I remember soul, Chuck. Yep. Uh, passed away a couple years ago. He, um, he got it, deep fried it, and it came out. I was like, oh, this is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I remember the food, you know, and, and eating with people, you know. You, you, you ate throughout the whole night, and at the end of the night, had a couple of drinks with everybody, and then you, you went home, and you spend your time with your work family, you know, because you, know, you couldn't Absolutely, and it, that, uh, it, w- it was certainly, certainly that way. I mean, here we are, you know, haven't seen each other, and it's just, you know, just like old times it, talking. It's old memories, yeah. It's great. <laughs> it's great memories. I got. I've got. I've got one more question to ask you, Drew. Uh, celebrity encounters at Disney Jelly Rolls. Any good ones? At Jelly Rolls in Disney, I remember a, a, a few things. I remember Steven Spielberg oh, really? was there, but he, you know, he specific. He was there. You know, he was on some sort of retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that had nothing to do with his work or filmmaking. And 
Yeah, he was specifically asked to be to be left alone, and you can see he had like a, he had a ball cap on, and it was really being incognito. And you know, and when someone wants to be left alone, I leave him alone. But you know, still he's he's bigger than life. There was a there was a couple there was a couple hockey players. Uve Krupp, who was a a very tall, large. Uh, hockey NHL defenseman mm-hmm. was was there. I remember him being there. Um, and I I, I, I got to share this story because it's 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 a little bit it's a little bit secondhand. But yeah. Pete Moran was uh-huh. on stage, uh-huh. and Martin Brodeur, who was oh, a really? goalie, yeah. who was a goalie for the New Jersey uh, Devils. Devils. Yeah. You know, may the the greatest goalie ever mm-hmm. apparently gave Pete Moran a hundred bucks cash that play friends in low places. So Pete plays it. Yeah. And I apparently Martin Brodor stands there like stage side for the whole song. And so then Pete <laughs> finishes up. I got friends in low places. He finishes up and Martin Brodor Takes another hundred dollar bill out, sits on the piano, goes, "Play it again. <laughs> Blame it all on my roots. <laughs> Play it again from front, from front to back. Hey, if you have uh, if, if you have time, I, I have an interesting, uh, an interesting story here. I, I got plenty this, of time for Drew. This, 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 this is this is linked. This is linked to the Pittsburgh." Okay. Jelly Rolls Club. Let's, let's now, hear. I don't know if you're familiar with Jack Lambert. Jack Lambert. What is his name? Jack Lambert familiar? was a world-class, uh, you know, all-pro linebacker yeah. for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. Like, you know, rough and tumble. Part of the Steel Curtain, wasn't he? Absolutely. Yes, yep. he was. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So he's he's rough and tumble. He's like, he has teeth missing. Yeah. Back when yeah. athletes didn't fix their teeth. Just, he was an <laughs> icon in the city. Mm-hmm. So I got, I got to rewind a little bit. So I'm with my cousin. So my aunt and uncle had uh, season tickets to Penguin games. Uh-huh. And because of that, we got to go to this NHL all-star brunch. And so we, they, they got, so we got the hobnob with the big wigs a little bit. So I'm, I'm like 18. Let me see. I'd have been, yeah, I'd have been 18 years old. Okay. And my cousin Nate's 15 years old. And here we are in this, this little room, you know, and there's, we're meeting these people. We meet Patrick Waugh, who's a great goalie for, goalie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he He's was for the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. And we met Jack Lambert, which was a huge deal to us. Then we met Kirk Muller, who was a uh, forward for the New Jersey Devils. He was, he was like the, a, you know, perennial all-star. Mm-hmm. He was picked right after Mario Lemieux, who was you know, one of the, one of the greats of yeah. hockey. So we were, you know, sort of hobnobbing with these <laughs> celebrities and we, my cousin and I approached Kirk Muller and this guy, he was the nicest guy on the planet. He talked to us for my cousin and me for like 25 minutes and we're like 
this is amazing. And I, I remember leaving there thinking he was such a great guy. Okay. Well, go years forward. Mm-hmm. I'm working at Jelly Rolls Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. And the Florida Panthers, now Kirk, at this point, late in his career, Kirk Muller's playing for the Florida Panthers. Mm-hmm. Most of the Florida Panthers team shows up at our club in Pittsburgh, including Kirk Muller. Mm-hmm. And they they were in they came up from Florida and they had like two or three days off before the game. Mm-hmm. So they're going up they're out they're out at Jelly Rolls Pittsburgh and it's a Thursday and of course there it's do, dollar IC light night, which is our IC Iron City <laughs> is our that's our uh the beer there, right? It's, yeah, the uh, Pittsburgh beer. You got a lo- yeah. lowest uh you know, just Icy lights everywhere. It's it's it's, a, it's an icon in Pittsburgh. So they, you know, they got NHL salaries, but they decide to order like forty icy lights for a dollar each. <laughs> so I go back to the bar after I go on break, mm-hmm. and so here's Kirk Muller once again. Yeah. And now this is this would be like six six years later. Okay. After uh, I had, my cousin and I had met him at this All Star thing, and I'm walking back there. He he's like, "Man, you guys are great. Have, have a beer." I said, "Oh, I said, well, yeah, we we can't really drink while we're playing." I, but I said, "Kirk, I said I want to tell you something." Six years ago, my cousin and I were at this All Star brunch, and you you talked to us for like 25 minutes, and we thought that was the coolest thing. And I shook his hand. And he looks at me, he's like, I remember that brunch. That's where I met Jack Lambert. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, he was starstruck. Even the the stars get starstruck, huh? Exactly. That's awesome. Exactly. (laughs) That's a great story, Drew. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Awesome. I thought you liked that one. Great. Uh, hey, listen, man. It, it was great talking to you. It, yeah, to you too, man. I know it's been a while, and I'm glad we were able to connect to the show. Um, I appreciate you being on. Um, there's a couple of things I want to mention. A couple of Facebook groups that I've mentioned. You know, every single time I talk to somebody on here, uh, one is uh, Ear for Each Other. Uh, it's basically a Facebook group for furloughed and impacted cast members that have that have side jobs. They're able to do something, you know, while they're being furloughed. Um, we're able to get uh, electricians, you know, mechanics, uh, lawn maintenance folks, bakers, cooks, singers, photographers. Uh, if you need something from there, uh, please uh, go to the Facebook group, Ear for Each Other, and also the Customer Pantry, which um, which helps customers when they're low on food, right? Um, from what I understand, they're down in the Magic Kingdom Tunnel area. They have a, a shop there. Um, if you need help with food at all, uh, email them at castmerpantry at gmail.com. They accept uh, monetary donations. Um, it's a Venmo. It's at Casmer Pantry. Uh, again, you know, whatever, anything you need helps, right? Every little part helps, whether you're in, at Disney in Los Angeles or the Disney here uh, in Orlando. Uh, any of it helps. So I, want, I always like to mention those two groups whenever I do a podcast um, to get them, you know, more people on uh, online and Reach out to them, hire, fire a cast member, um, hire a cast member, obviously. Uh, Drew, I'm, I'm going to go finish my beer, buddy. <laughs> you got me Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> you got me yeah, Victor, it's, 
It's so great that you're doing this uh, cast and uh, bringing back memories and obviously supporting your causes. It's uh, it's wonderful. You're a uh, you're a great soul. And uh, Thanks, uh, next time uh, you're in Pittsburgh or I'm oh, in Florida, yeah, uh, well, let's, uh, let's get we'll let's uh, let's do this beer let's do this beer thing in real life. Sounds good with me. Hey, what's your uh, yeah. email? I'm uh, sorry. What's your uh, website, Jerry? It's Drew at DrewTeepMusic.com. Okay. It's uh, so Teep is T E P E. Right. So Drew at DrewTeepMusic.com, and it's it's all things, all things Drew. Everything from you know talking about entertainment options to to uh, piano lessons to oh, cool. yeah, all, all kind of all kind of things on there. And what's your Facebook one? Yeah. So. You know, I don't know how the, the addresses work, but it's Drew Teep Music. Drew Teep Music, yep. Uh, okay. Drew Teep yeah. Music at Facebook. Perfect. Um, so, yeah, you can, find, you can find me on there and find out where I'm going to be. And, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I, right now I don't even know where I'm going to be. But <laughs> when I find out, you can find out there. There you go. Now, now we know right. where, you, uh, where we can find out where you're going to be. Right. Thanks, Drew. Appreciate it, brother. Good talking to you. All right. Take care, Victor. Have a good night, bud. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye.